colon cancer screening and prevention. It could save your life. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about how you can take care of your colon and keep it healthier on Access Health Radio. And I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday afternoon here at FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. We come to you each week at this time at 4 o'clock, and we'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio. Thanks to Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower even than the big box pharmacies. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. That's M-A-R-L-E-Y-D-R-U-G.com. Dr. Brian Forrest is a board-certified family physician from Apex. Dr. Forrest, if folks want more information after today's show, or maybe they have a question about your practice, how can they get that information? If they'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. And the phone number at our office is 919-363-0190. If they would like to send a question to the show, they can send it to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. And also, if they miss part of the show or if they want a family member or friend to listen in, uh, we always have on-demand podcasts available at WPTF.com. We also provide landing page to that at AccessHealthRadio.com. Dr. Forrest, many people today are concerned about colon cancer. Many of them have had a family member die of the disease, and they want to avoid it themselves or prevent it in other family members. And I understand today you have some information and advice on colon health based on the most current research and expert medical recommendations. Yes, colon cancer is currently the third most diagnosed cancer each year, not counting skin cancers. And about one in 25 people are going to get diagnosed with it in their lifetime. So it's not a rare disease. And today we want to go over some of the most up-to-date research and what you can actually do to help decrease your chances and prevent colon cancer. And we're going to discuss both screening tests, uh, diet, lifestyle changes, and even medications that can make a difference. So what can be done, Dr. Forrest, to take care of your colon? Well, let me start uh, first with the things that have been shown not to work. Uh, Some of these have been recommended to people for years, but it turns out that they don't really help or they're too risky to make sense for most people. And the first one of these, and this will come as a surprise to some people, is that increased fiber intake has not been shown to reduce colon cancer risk or even the risk for polyps. And for years, this has been something that, you know, we've recommended. Um, But it turns out that, uh, you know, eating more fiber in your diet does not make a significant difference in terms of colon cancer risk. Second, there's a lot of people who uh, want to try vitamins as a way to help prevent colon cancer. And vitamin supplementation in general has not been shown to prevent colon cancer, with the possible exception of vitamin D. So uh, some of the vitamins that have been studied so far and shown to not help are things like beta carotene, folic acid, vitamins A, C, E, and then also selenium. Uh, But there is one study that did show a 50% reduction in those that were taking vitamin D supplementation. All right, Dr. Forrest, it's time now for our Access Health Tip of the Week. One thing that can reduce your risk of colon cancer, which may come as quite a surprise to people, is statin use. 
That's right. The same medicine that lowers your cholesterol and helps prevent heart attacks, strokes, and dementia, like Alzheimer's disease, has actually been shown to decrease the risk of colorectal cancer by 50% and also decrease the risk of colon polyps by 17%. So the benefits of statins just keep adding up. They sure do. Straight ahead, we're going to talk about some of the specific things that can prevent colon cancer as well as screening tests. And we'll have our Access Health trivia coming up as well. This is Access Health Radio. Welcome into Access Health Radio. We're talking about colon cancer and how you can prevent it. Some screenings that can be done and more here today with Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Dr. Forrest, what are some of the things that folks can do to protect ourselves from colon cancer? Well, you know, from a diet standpoint, one of the things we've learned is that dairy intake, uh, anything over about eight ounces of milk per day, uh, can give you a 15% risk reduction of colon cancer. Uh, now, we do have to be cautious because you don't want to overdo that. You know, milk can contain sugar. It also uh, has a certain level of saturated fat, and that can be, you know, difficult for other reasons. Uh, but it looks like dairy intake, specifically anything over eight ounces a day of milk, does give you a 15% decrease risk. The other thing is, and this is also, uh, you know, it's not 100%, it sort of has a caveat with it, and that's calcium supplementation. So years ago, we used to recommend calcium, especially for women, and then we stopped doing that on a regular basis because there was some evidence that women that took calcium supplementation for years might actually have an increased risk of atherosclerosis. Um, but for colon cancer, it appears that about three to four years of calcium supplementation every day can decrease colon cancer risk by about 22%. Uh, but I would emphasize that's, you know, three to four years. That doesn't mean somebody needs to do it for 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, just that three to four years looks like it gives you the protection there. Hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, now, I've heard about aspirins and medicines in the aspirin family can help with colon cancer. Is that true? Yes, it's true that the class of medications that we sometimes called NSAIDs or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like aspirin, celecoxib, uh, celecoxib also known as Celebrex, can reduce the risk of polyps and colon cancer by as much as 63%. Um, so, you know, you'd ask yourself, well, why don't we all take that every day? Well, the problem is that for most low-risk people, taking those medicines every day for many, many years is going to have some increased risk of other problems like gastrointestinal bleeding or possibly some cardiovascular problems. It's safe for uh, people in most cases to use NSAIDs and those type medicines when they're needed. You know, a lot of people take them for arthritis or mm -hmm. for musculoskeletal injuries, right. and that's perfectly appropriate. Uh, but you just don't want to take them every single day for years and years and years as a method to prevent colon cancer for most people, even though it, it, it is effective. So, Dr. Forrest, so far we've talked about things that we should do to help prevent colon cancer. Are there things we shouldn't do to help protect ourselves? Well, yeah, first and foremost, because, uh, you know, we've been talking about a lot of percentage reductions. Uh, but the one that's huge, that's the biggest, is quitting smoking. Uh, so smoking by itself increases your risk of colon cancer by 114%. Hmm. Uh, so if you can imagine, a lot of things we've been talking about, you know, so far on the show may decrease your risk by 25 to 50%. Um, and that's great. But just, you know, becoming a non-smoker, that changes your risk by 114%. Uh, 
Um, another one, which is, uh, you know, it, it does have some risk, but is less important is alcohol. So alcohol does uh, increase your risk of colon cancer by about 8%. Um, we've, we hear all the time about diets that are high in fat and high in cholesterol. Uh, those also can increase your risk of colon cancer. So we know that people that eat a, a high fat diet with lots of cholesterol in it, they do increase their risk of colon cancer by about 25%. Um, however, we also know that an active lifestyle that can decrease the risk by 26%, that you know, not being overweight, that also decreases the risk. Uh, and in fact, uh, there was a study where people who had had the weight loss surgery, um, and of course, a lot of people lose weight after that type of surgery, those people actually lowered their colorectal cancer risk by 27% after having weight loss surgery. All right. Very good, Dr. Forrest. Thanks. Coming up, Dr. Forrest is going to discuss some of the screening tests that are available for colon cancer. And of course, our Access Health Trivia of the Week. We couldn't finish up without doing that. That's all coming up straight ahead. Welcome back into Access Health Radio here on WPTF FM 98.5 AM 680. On a Sunday afternoon, I'm Mike Davis with board-certified family physician Dr. Brian Forrest from Access Healthcare in Apex. And we're talking about colon cancer and things that can be done to prevent it and also some screening tests to help you know what what you're up against. Uh, We have discussed some of the things already now talking about preventing colon cancer, Dr. Forrest. Uh, Let's let's shift into those screening tests now. Uh, Which ones are actually worth doing? Because I realize there's there's several of them out there. So uh, give us your overview of that, if you would. Okay, Mike, that's, uh, it's going to take me a little while to go through these. Uh, There have been many tests developed for, uh, for screening for colon cancer. Um, and all of them to some degree work, uh, all of them have some use, Mm -hmm. but there are a couple that are probably the ones that I would recommend to my own family members. So I'm going to go through all of them real quick, and then we'll talk a little bit more in detail about the ones that uh, I believe are are a good fit for most people. Uh, so first of all, there's sort of two types of, of colon cancer screening. And the first is a non-invasive test that's based, based on just stool. Uh, So, you know, you collect a stool sample. People can do these at home. Uh, Sometimes you'll see those advertised on TV. Uh, And basically a stool sample, you know, over one to three days with a a different test um, is a good way to look for it. And one of those tests is called fecal occult blood testing. And it's looking for trace amounts of blood uh, in the stool. And typically this is very, very inexpensive, which is one of the benefits Uh, In fact, at our office, uh, we provide these kits totally for free for our patients. Um, So it's it's very inexpensive. And and they they put a sample on three different cards over three different days. uh, And we're just checking for signs of hidden blood. Um, There's also a little bit more advanced testing that are the fecal immunochemical test. uh, And you can do, there's one version of that that you can do every year. There's a more advanced version that actually looks for DNA Uh, of mutations uh, for colon cancer. Uh, That's the one that's advertised a lot on TV now. Uh, And with that one, you can test every one to three years for colon cancer. Um, So those are the stool-based tests. And then there's also what we call direct visualization. And that means you're actually taking a camera, you're going straight to the source, uh, you're looking around in the colon and you're seeing what's there. Um, Now there's several advantages. Uh, First, let me talk about the, the shorter one of these. Uh, there's something called a flexible sigmoidoscopy that we can actually do in the office 
but there's some drawbacks to that. Um, so you, you don't need anesthesia for it, uh, but that's also a drawback because sometimes patients are very uncomfortable uh, with the flex sig. It's very quick. It only takes about 10 minutes and it's looking at the lower third of the colon. So if you're going to do a flex sig, you really need to do it probably every five years, or you could do it every 10 years and combine it with one of the um, immunochemical tests as well. Uh, but typically, this is not what I recommend, uh, even though I used to do these uh, in the office. Uh, I just think it's not not very comfortable for a lot of patients, doesn't have any anesthesia. And again, you're missing two thirds of the colon when you do it. So there's things you may not see. Um, another one that's a little bit newer is sort of using CT scanning of the colon. Uh, and that can be done every five years uh, as well. But there's also some problems with that. Number one, it's a it's a fairly good dose of radiation. Um, you know, on the order of like a thousand or more dental x-rays of radiation to get to get that done. And if they do see something uh, with that, very often you still need to do a colonoscopy as a follow-up to it. Um, and then what I believe is the best screening test um, is colonoscopy. And a colonoscopy is essentially going in with a camera. It's on a flexible uh, device. Um, and you can do that every 10 years, uh, which is also nice because, you know, you're not bothered with this every year is something you have to do. And colonoscopy saves the most people from dying. Um, and besides that, it also has some advantages. You know, if, if one of the stool tests is positive, um, for a mutation or for blood, guess what you have to do a colonoscopy. Um, so, if you do a colonoscopy and you're screening for colon cancer, once that's over, you're done. Whereas with almost every other test, if you find an abnormality, then you also have to do the colonoscopy in addition to that. Um, there's, there's some studies looking at how many lifetime colonoscopies people get um, if they use some of these other like stool-based methods versus if they just do colonoscopy every 10 years. And the interesting thing is people who opt for the stool-based test normally still end up getting two colonoscopies, probably because of abnormalities or false positives on the other test. Uh, whereas people that choose colonoscopy as, the only, as their prime screening tool, typically in their whole lifetime only get four. So, you know, I'd rather have four of those and sort of be done with things than a combination of one of those every few times and then some of the stool-based. Um, so the three ones that I recommend, if somebody really has trouble uh, affording, you know, a colonoscopy because they can typically run, uh, you know, over twelve hundred dollars. Um, colonoscopies are the are the best, but if you can't do that, a good alternative is to do these fecal occult blood kits in your doctor's office. Uh, while they're not as reliable, they won't catch as many cancers as colonoscopy, and they can't find precancerous polyps. Uh, they are pretty good um, for preventing people from dying from colon cancer if they're done every year. And again, the cost is just incredibly low. I think, you know, even doctor's offices that charge for that test charge less than $50 for it. So it's not very expensive. Um, the next test is the one that people see on TV sometimes. It's called Cologuard. Uh, you know, they have a little cartoon character that's walking around. Um, and it's a good test. And if you're looking for, for just cancer specifically, and for some reason you can't have a colonoscopy, maybe you have, have had some kind of bowel surgery, and you're not a good candidate for colonoscopy or for whatever reason you, you know, can't tolerate the preparation for it. Um, if you're somebody that just can't have a colonoscopy, then that Cologuard, which is called a fit DNA test every one to three years is a good way to screen for colon cancer. The problem is, guess what? If, if it's positive, 
if you do show up to have a, a possible positive on one of those stool tests like Coligard, then what they're supposed to do is a colonoscopy. So again, it seems like everything, no pun intended, ends up in the same place uh, <laughs> with, a, with a colonoscopy. And one of the benefits is in the same way that with uh, skin, sometimes we have precancers that will be taken off the skin that actually prevents you from getting cancer. In the same way, when you're doing a colonoscopy and while they're driving through there, if they see a polyp that's a precancerous polyp, they can remove that polyp on the spot. You know, they don't have to do anything different. They can put a little, it's a little wire lasso they put around that, polyp's gone. And essentially for every one of those they find that was precancerous, they've prevented a colon cancer. On the other hand, all of the other tests that we've talked about where they're not actually entering the colon, uh, they, they're not going to see other things. They're not going to see things like polyps that they can take out. They're not going to see uh, diverticulosis, which is where you get some pockets in your colon. They're not going to see any other abnormalities or defects of the colon. The only thing it's going to be testing for uh, is just cancer. So uh, I'm a big proponent of all these screening tests of doing colonoscopy every 10 years, uh, as long as they're normal. Um, now, the interesting thing is uh, there's some different recommendations on when you should do them. And most recently, the American Cancer Society changed the, the lower age limit down to age 45. So it used to be everybody age 50 years or older to age 75 would do colon cancer screening. Um, and now because of higher risk in some people uh, and because we've been seeing more and more young people with colon cancer, uh, the American Cancer Society has changed that recommendation to start at age 45 years. Um, but if you start at 45 or 50 and you do it once every 10 years, uh, you know, by the time you're 75, you've had a few of those and you've done the best you can. Um, and one statistic I heard was that you could prevent 90% of colon cancers uh, by doing colonoscopy on a regular interval basis. Very good, Dr. Forrest. Time now for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. Trivia of the Week is no surprise. It's about colon cancer. And according to the American Cancer Society, for 2021, we expect 104,270 new cases of colon cancer. And colorectal cancer is the third leading cause of cancer-related deaths in men and women, and the second most common cause of cancer deaths when you combine men and women together. And it's expected to cause about 52,980 deaths uh, during 2021. Wow. What are the keys you would like people to take away from our discussion today on colon health, Dr. Forrest? First, an active, non-smoking lifestyle with a balanced diet without too much fat or processed meat or alcohol definitely reduces colon cancer risk. Second, most vitamins have not shown a benefit except for vitamin D. And the only recommended medication for most people that decrease, decreases the colon cancer risk are statins, uh, which are also used for cholesterol. And last of all, pick at least one screening method. Uh, you know, colonoscopy every 10 years is the preferred method. But if you cannot do that, then do the home stool test. They're a viable alternative. And most people are going to start at age 50 with screening, but some people should start as early as age 45. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. That's all the time we have for this week. Our scripture this week is from Matthew 15 through 17. Everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.